Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to AI Named This Show. I'm Teja Custodi. And I'm Tristan Jutra. And we are your human hosts. On today's show, was Google's Gemini demo faked? Is Gemini Pro better than GPT 3.5 or gasp GPT 4 plus announcements from Apple, XAI, Meta and Mistral all coming up. And bonjour to our listeners in France. Merci à tous d'avoir écouté. Look at me, Tristan. That's nine years of French. Weird flex, but okay. It's all that nine years of French in school got me, but thank you. That's the best one I've had yet. I will take my credit where I can. And we'll just use, hey, Jen, that's, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> all right. I We have a ton of announcements and AI news today, so I want to jump in with a little, little tiny bit of Apple news for you, TJ, because they're joining the AI fray because everybody's got to have a dog in this race. They're publicly admitting it. That yes, we too are doing something. Don't worry, we're doing something. It's something. Well, and they've been doing machine learning for years and years. They just haven't been calling it AI, and they haven't been pushing their any LLMs per se. But they've been apparently they've been trained doing some training for months and months. And so, what's what's the latest? Well, their machine learning team has actually released a framework called MLX and a model library called MLX Data, which are designed to run efficiently on Apple Silicon and enable generative AI applications. So MLX is inspired by frameworks like PyTorch, Jax, and ArrayFire, but has a shared memory feature that allows tasks to run on supported devices without moving data. So it's not only inspired by those frameworks, but MLX data is a framework agnostic package for data loading that works with MLX, PyTorch, or Jax. So as you kind of mentioned, Apple's been kind of a little conservative in its approach to AI. They've really focused on the machine learning aspect and embedding it into its products. But now they've reportedly started working on foundational models. And, you know, they're going to see which can be implemented across their services, which is kind of exciting because why not? We need another dog in this race. And we need Siri to be much smarter. And for those unfamiliar, uh, you may be you may think you hear things like MLX, PyTorch, or Jax. No, those are not EDM artists. They're they're not DJs. They're <laughs> great names, though. <laughs> but Apple's not the only one with news. I mean, we, there's increasing amounts of significance to the news this past week. 
kind of we're 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 quite we'll be going in a curve. The big one's going to be in the middle, and then we'll come down with a couple of little ones. But still interesting. But after a couple of months of just beavering away in the background, we got another announcement from XAI. Elon Musk's artificial intelligence startup, XAI, is rolling out a chatbot called Grok. You may have heard that a couple of months ago. And uh, what have they been doing? Well, so far, they uh, have not got much to uh, <laughs> add. Basically, Grok excels at summarizing, summarizing the news in real time using X's API to access social media posts and reputable news sources. There are still some of those on X. Again, formerly known as Twitter. And that was the key thing, the key training data for Grok was the entire data set of Twitter. Whatever they still managed to hang on to and then didn't get dumped when they were changing their servers around and laying people off and whatnot. But the only thing is there are risks of relying on X's data because it could include questionable or biased accounts. You know, like unlike all the websites out there. So I'm not sure how much worse it actually is. There's just, I mean, there's nonsense everywhere, but we shall see. Initially, X was being uh, sort of positioned as a spicier kind of um, AI, but, and some people are thinking, oh yeah, this is just going to be uh, an AI for, uh, you know, right-wing trolls at worst and maybe like annoying libertarians at, at best. But surprisingly, it's uh, shown a number of sort of uh, left-wing tendencies if you uh, if you can believe it <laughs> and of course that's a little concern concerning to uh, Elon because he wants to be perceived as neutral he wants XAI's grok to be perceived as neutral so the political t- compass test was used to measure grok's political leanings and uh, Ma- he said you know he seems a little left to center so Musk has defended grok's neutrality and questioned the accuracy of the political compass test so of course that's what you do is criticize the source and express his commitment in to improving grok's algorithm and collaborating with other researchers okay cool so you know grok is just another one of these generative uh, ai tools a new breed of algorithms that can create text images and code I mean, not so much the latter with Grok yet, and more in response to a prompt highlighting the potential applications and challenges of generative ai and various domains. So the domain here being all this training data in social media and how will that actually affect the performance of, um, you know, of, of Grok remains to be seen. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because what, what this uh, one article was uh, saying that uh, from Bloomberg, <clears throat> Elon's uh, Grok represents a serious threat to chat GPT. That might be overstating it uh, a little bit, but the fact that it's based on it's training on Twitter slash X's data and Twitter slash X for the I mean less so now, but historically has been the beating real time news pulse of the web, right? You have the newsmakers on there and the news reporters on there, and apparently what Grok is pretty good at is up to date information, less so than the other things. The, the, other, the other ones, especially ChatGPT, which is going until April 2023 now. It's trained a pretty good, uh, you know, Microsoft Copilot with Bing Chat, reasonably, uh, you know, reasonably current, but it's got to do the web searches through Bing. So, like, how good is Bing? Uh, I haven't had much experience with the, the Google stuff since, you know, not in Canada. But is it worth 
$16 month US subscription to Twitter Premium just to be able to access it. But there's some tests have been done by some people and they're like, oh, wow, Grok is better than we expected. You know, in terms of the real-time stuff, general performance-wise, it seems to be at about a GPT 3.5 level. But uh, Tasia, there's some other <laughs> Grok news. Unrelated yet kind of related Grok news. Um, yeah. So Grimes, Elon's you know, ex. like his ex, Grimes, <laughs> just goes by Grimes, mm-hmm. has a new line of AI Claire Boucher, toys. to be clear, from Montreal and or Vancouver. Okay. Good kid. Okay. I met her a long time ago at one of her concerts. She has uh, a new line of AI plush toys. Of course. Including one named Grok. If you can believe it or not. So she's developed interactive AI plush toy, toy line for kids in partnership with OpenAI and toy with, company yeah. Curio. Yeah. So not XAI. No. OpenAI. So screw you, Elon. <laughs> Please go on. Oh, oh, we'll get into it in a in a quick second here. But the toys can converse with and learn from their owners. So the three plush figurines are named Grok, Grem, and Gabo. Gabo? Gabo, yeah. Gabo. Depending depending on your accent. <laughs> and they've got unique personalities based on the open AI language model i'm gonna say personalities in quotes grimes voices all three characters by the way and she's also an investor and advisor for curio so there's an obvious reason why there's the partnership there now the name grok as we know is also shared by elon musk the former partner of grimes and we talked about this. Remember when we first talked about Grok? And I was like, why the name Grok? I don't get it. Ha ha. What's going on? And then you schooled me on why Grok is a cool name. <laughs> if, if you're an Uber nerd, yes. It's great. If you're an Super Uber cool. nerd, yes. So, however, Grimes and Curio say that the two Groks are unrelated. And they actually say that they applied for the trademark for the toy Grok before Musk did for the chatbot Grok. Everybody, yeah, but a, but everybody a following earlier, yeah. along. Yeah. <laughs> so these uh, AI toys are available for pre-order. They're $99 each on the Curio website, and they're expected to ship early next year, so early 2024. They come with an app, and they're going to provide parents with a written transcript of the conversations, which then will be deleted after 90 days. So it's kind of interesting here to think about the name. My question is this. Did he steal that from her? <laughs> this is my first yeah. question. And then he tries to be first to bat with the public release of a Grok. And maybe she's just sticking to her guns being like, no, boo, I don't think so. Like, we're going to go as planned. And actually, because we actually planned this, we already asked for the trademark. But nice try. So I don't know. This is my assumption. I don't know. What do you think? Because that's wild. Why wouldn't he have applied for a trademark if that was what he was going to name <sighs> Well, his chatbot Grok? So of the three characters, the one's called Grok. Looks like a little cute rocket. And apparently that's where the name comes from. It's sh- Grok is short for Grocket. 
G-R-O-C-K-E-T. Oh, I mean, this isn't like must-have AI news, just to be clear. But, you know, they could All your breaking news yeah. here on <laughs> they, AI Named This Show. So they could have been tossing the name around ages ago. Or maybe, you know, there's this whole thing apparently has to do with one of their, their children, Grocket, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, they both thought it was a cool name. And maybe they're either they're trying to one-up each other or maybe... The 4D chess theory, they did this on purpose. So it's free publicity. So people could just, you know, could talk about the, um, you know, the con- the supposed controversy. Now, apparently, the, the backstory, there's some backstory. They're in a, currently in a custody battle for their mm-hmm. three kids that they've had together, too. So that's not great. But at the same time, um, you know, they're still interacting, in, at least at a... Uh, a bit of a distance th- online through Grok and uh, or through their their proxies and uh, Grok said it absolutely wants to befriend Grimes as Grok. Well, when someone asks, because again, Grok, XAI's Grok is real time and so it knows about this other Grok. And um, so someone asked it about what it thought and said, "Oh, I'd love to uh, exchange ideas with uh, with the new Grok." And as for the name, well, in- imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? You know, so Grok. somebody asked Chatbot Grok. Yeah, about what it thinks about Grimes Grok toy. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And and then Grimes uh, replied uh, a little a little later on, saying um, something to the effect of, "Oh, how she would (laughs) thought it would be uh, adorable to see, um, you know, for them. She would love to see them meet, and how how it's kind of funny that uh, you know you get to school and you've got a kid the same name as you, you know, like." I was yeah. I very seldom ran into other Tristans, and I think there's like one in all of my uh, you know high, my school elementary and high school career. But imagine your name's Grok and you get to school and there's another Grok. This is yeah. kind of like the quasi AI version of that. Now to be to be clear, the idea, the toy idea is is kind of cool, especially with the kind of smarts that are happening in the OpenAI's model. It's funny that it's not XAI; it's OpenAI. And some with the demo, the conversation you know you could have with it. This is basically like turbocharged Teddy Ruxpin. Yes. So I'm here for it. Conceptually, but... it seems really cool. It's a high price tag, but yeah. I feel like with anything, once... Cheaper know, than an if, iPad. Well, if this is successful and once there's more to market, and I do feel like the price may come down over time if if this is a good launch, but they are kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> cute little grocket. <laughs> but one of the things that was a little concerning is, and I guess every parent has this, uh, you know, saying, saying, well, you know, as a parent, you're busy. So sometimes it's nice to have something that your, you know, your, your, your child could interact with, you know, as opposed to you. But maybe better than an iPad. You know, if it can have a, college, a child can have a, a child can't have a conversation with a YouTube video on their iPad, right? No, if but it can they, have a safe yes. conversation. Yes. <laughs> How do I make a Molotov cocktail? Right. <laughs> so something uh, age appropriate. Yes. Jimmy really safe. ticked me off when I want to firebomb yeah. his house. Yeah. So, well, it, TBD on that, but cute idea, cute execution. We'll see how it actually works. And if there are any lawsuits for the naming, because they're both in the AI space. Right. We'll see. Well, this is not the only news, breaking news we're going to bring to people about so the breaking. fight between multiple grocks, because I've got a little tidbit of, of a meta update for you, TJ. Mm-hmm. Everyone had big, like, everyone had news last week. Okay. Can I just say... Yeah. Tristan and I tried <laughs> a little behind the scenes. Tristan and I tried to take a week off, and I don't even mean a week off. Like we still had our full time jobs, but we just were like, let's pre record a show, let's put it out. Nothing's gonna happen because we're like two weeks, not even. We're like ten. I don't even know. Ten days to Christmas. It's gonna be fine. 
And all of a sudden, it was like, why when we try to take a week, everybody makes an announcement? Literally, everybody made an announcement. So Meta has theirs as well now. And they're introducing more generative AI elements. So Meta's Imagine text image tool is now available in its own app. So it had been available to select users within like Messenger app and I believe Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. But now more people are going to be able to try it. So their Imagine tool lets users create images from text inputs, either in chats or on the web, and also refine them with what they call reimagine functionality. So that's like enhancing the visual quality, maybe the orientation of images, and something you and I have talked a lot about, invisible watermarking to track the generative AI content. So this is kind of a really exciting update, I feel like. And this is going to be available on imagine.meta.com to US users first. And then eventually, you know, it'll roll out to a wider audience. You're going to log in with your free Meta account and you'll type in a description of the image you want and then click generate. And the website's going to produce four different images that can be downloaded with a watermark. But that's not all they announced. (laughs) Meta's chat personas that enable users to interact with AI versions of celebrities, so people like Kendall Jenner and Tom Brady, and get real-time information from Bing, they're also going to be available to more users soon. So they're just kind of announcing like a bigger rollout here. You know, it's been successful with a small test audience. And Meta's AI assistant can suggest relevant reels to watch or share in a chat based on the context of the conversation or the user's interests. And also, Meta's AI offers generative AI responses for posts and ideas for dating profiles, Tristan, (laughs) which I really want to like try this IRL and see how well it it works and and generates your ideas of what to post to your dating profile. But it could even suggest replies for DMs. So maybe if you struggle (laughs) sliding into somebody's DMs. (laughs) And then you meet in person and don't know what to say because... And then you have to go, wait a second. And then you're feverishly asking (laughs) your AI. But yeah, so Meta had some some great little announcements. Um, You know, it's kind of like this arms race we're talking about, Tristan, where everybody's trying to say, oh, you did this. I'm going to do this. Oh, you did this. Wait, I'm going to do this. Oh, here's an update to this. And just like we saw with Grok, even if it's not like a huge update, they've they everybody I felt like this past week had to put something out. I I gotta be I gotta be honest. I still don't get the whole personas thing. They've got all these so many these recognizable celebrities, but they're not playing themselves. They're playing these other characters. So you want to interact with an AI with a celebrity you recognize, but it's not them because maybe that would be problematic. But it's some other. It's like it's really weird. Kendall Jenner playing some other like. I guess. But what's also interesting is to see how these various players are segmenting the market a little bit. You know, their Facebook is, seems to be leaning into, you know, the, the 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 fun, casual, social stuff. Who knows what Apple's doing? You know, OpenAI is doing the general purpose and Microsoft's doing the businessy stuff with the you know, Microsoft 365. And Do we know how much these celebrities are getting paid for this? Because, like, there's a, a wide range. Like, you... You know, there's like Paris Hilton or there's like Mr. Beast or, you know what I mean? Uh, Padma Lachki. 
I'm not saying her name right. You know, the hot chef, the very talented hot chef lady. Um, you know, like, so I'm just wondering what this, I was just, I'm just, just my verbal thoughts for not you. Not sure if that's on. being disclosed. We'll have to, uh, I we'll know. Have to, we'll have to look that one up. Because it can't, I mean, you wouldn't, everybody fought so hard tooth and nail to be like, you can't use my likeness and AI is generating my likeness. And then here comes Meta with like, hey, we have chatbots <laughs> that look like celebrities that you love. It's weird. You know what? As great as that is, there's other options. And some people have given us feedback that they love it when we talk about tools. So one of the little resources to a list of tools that you can uh, check out in our show notes is a uh, list of the best AI art generators. And this is from the uh, the summertime. So the Meta Imagine is not in this list, but it's got links to Bing Image Generator, Dolly, Dream Studio by Stability AI. I haven't had great results with that one, honestly. Dream by Wombo. I tried that like a year, a couple of years ago in the app version. It's probably improved a bit. And then Crayon, which used to be called something else. I can't remember. Um, and that was that one. That one was okay. I mean, they, everything has been improving like crazy over the over the uh, years. I've had the best results, quite honestly, with Bing uh, Image Creator and with uh, Dolly Two. But um, you know, they may vary on terms in terms of the the resolution, like the size of the photos that or the images it'll generate for you, and its uh, iteration process and whatnot. So it's it's fun to go try them out, and you know, some are free, some have uh, some limits. You know, some you can pay for, and like uh, you know, there's always Mid Journey too, which somehow isn't in this list, but I guess maybe because if you want to do anything significant with Midjourney, you really got to pay. So there's a little uh, resource list for you. But Meta, Meta had another announcement. It wasn't last week. It was just this week. Their Ray-Ban glasses that uh, they updated this early, earlier this fall, they have added AI that can see what you're doing, Tasia. Is this going to be what's going to get you over the top and get you rocking some Meta Ray-Ban glasses? They've because they, they got the built-in cameras, and now they can use your voice and the camera to analyze images. So when it's on, it can see what you can see and provide images or suggestions. So you could say something like, "Hey Meta, take a photo," uh, but you, or you can say, "Hey Meta, look at you know look at this and tell me something." So identify an object or translate text or make a caption or what what have you, and it'll uh, use the um you know it's it's smarts it's going to the cloud and then it'll save things in the meta view app because with these glasses there's no heads up display so it's just voice and speakers and the camera but that's kind of i mean we're close we're slowly getting toward this ambient computing future we talked about some of the other wearables like the humane ai pin and whatnot some people feel the glasses are more where it's at, as long as they don't look too dorky. And these are Ray-Ban, so they look pretty good. Um, st- but this feature is still in early access mode and still has some bugs and uh, delays. And it uses anonymized query data to imp- improve its AI services. And um, you know, you could use it for assistance, search, memory, you know, wanting to remember things. And this is all slowly getting us towards a, a future state where we're u- gathering more sensory data around us in a more seamless fashion. I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of stoked for this kind of thing. As long as it's not too kludgy or awkward, I don't want to use the speakers. I'd rather have earbuds in since everyone's got those going anyway. What do you, what do you, what do you think there, Tish? I have said it before, and I will say it again. Google Glasses were ahead of their time. And once I get into what Google Gemini can do, Tristan, I, wanna, I want my Google Glasses with 
Gemini Ultra is what I want. Because then everything is seamless in the ecosystem in which I live. Google. (laughs) Well, lay it on me then, Tasia. Oh, are you even ready? I don't know if you can handle this. Buckle up. A ton of Gemini news. Like, I'm actually really excited because also I did a bit of a test for you, Tristan, but I'll get into that in a second. Must be nice to be able to. I know. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So a little bit of background. We talked about Google launching Gemini, their new AI model that you know, they hope can compete with GPT-4. We talked about that in another episode. But Tristan, it looks like we're now getting a Gemini Pro, which is very exciting. Google has announced Gemini Pro, a lightweight version of the more capable Gemini Ultra model. It's available in 180 countries and supports 38 languages. It's accessible to developers in AI Studio and Vertex 8i. Sidebar, Google, fix your branding. Vertex, Gemini, Bard, Palm. It's a lot. You got to tighten. I'm sorry. Gemini Provision is all part of this too. It's a feature that accepts text, imagery, or video as input. More on that in a minute. And and outputs text. It will soon be an option to power search summarization and answer generation features in Vertex AI. So sources have reported to Forbes that this pro model has outperformed GPT 3.5. Oh, the one that's a year old? Good for you. So remember, 3.5 is the free version of ChatGPT. Yeah, but you say that, and there's like a headline of, I can't XAI is at 3.5, come on. Like a Bloomberg article yeah. that's like, oh, it's marginally better than the one from OpenAI that's been out for eight months. Um, that's What four. does that tell you? Something that's been learning for eight months... This I read it complete opposite than you and that and this little Bloomberg reporter. You're trying to diss Google, excuse me. Wait, wait a it's second. It's already better than a model that's been out and been <laughs> trained publicly for eight months. Your story for the last it's couple of years is better on like, launch. Your story for the last couple of years is as Google has had all this stuff and is just hasn't been releasing it because of safety. So this is not that yeah. they've so just put this up in eight months. Yeah, Come well on. it hasn't been launched, so it doesn't count. The public has not been able okay. to use it. It's not been trained on public data. So I'm okay. sticking with my story. Y'all can fight me please, on that. Please go on. Oh, I will because I've run some tests. But anyway, according to performance reports. Uh, so we got we to gotta put in the weird nerds protecting billionaires meme in here. I'm just going to spit the truth. And if you can't okay. handle what the truth is, then too bad for you. But according to performance reports, Gemini Ultra... Exceeds That's the big boy. Yeah. The current state of the art 
results on 30 of the 32 widely used academic benchmarks used in LLM research and development. Insider also reported that with a score of 90%, Gemini Ultra is the first model to outperform human experts on massive multitask language understanding, MM. LU, which uses more initialisms for you. Yeah. Yeah. Which uses a combination of like 57 subjects like math and physics and history, law, medicine, ethics, you know, all the good things. And it tests both for world knowledge and problem solving abilities. So to be clear here, there are three models, if you will. There's Gemini Ultra, which is the flagship model, Gemini Pro, and then there's Gemini Nano, which is designed for mobile devices. Which is super cool because it doesn't need to go to the cloud. It can do on-device stuff. So they shrunk it down. There you go. So Gemini Pro is now available to enterprise customers through its Vertex AI program and for developers in AI Studio. And you've got access to that somehow. Well, because Gemini Pro is also now available in Bard. Ta-da-da! It's for me. I even got an email about it and everything. So Good this thing is you don't like, have to pay because otherwise you'd be pass. It's so freaking true. <laughs> Freemium to the end. So this is in the U.S. in English right now, but it is, you know, the hope is to expand to more countries and languages soon. Gemini Pro, Google says, will help Bard be far more capable at things like reasoning, understanding, and planning. So something really cool before I talk about the testing, the little few testing I did, is that in the email I got, I saw that Google Bard partnered with Mark Rober, who's like a very smart engineer who is a big YouTuber who makes like really crazy, like giant feats of engineering videos. (laughs) And so they tasked him with using Gemini Pro to see if Bard could make a better Mark Rober video than Mark Rober could himself. Are you following? (laughs) Sure. So the cool thing here in this whole little shtick was that Bard was seemingly able to identify the type of content that Rober creates. So like he prompted Bard to give him some ideas for a Mark Rober video and Bard suggested some ideas for feats of engineering. So it's using YouTube for training data and all the transcripts and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Like we were talking about a couple episodes ago. Exactly. So actually it, cutting out the, the creators. That's well, all part it, of the master plan. It pulled all of that and was like, oh, this is kind of the content they made. So they went back and forth a little bit and they decided, you know, he asked further like, well, okay, once he kind of, picked what he wanted to do like what's a typical story structure of a mark rober video and that's kind of really crazy because bard came back with all like an exact story structure of how mark rober would start a video with his intro what is his hook i mean it's kind of cool to see so in the video they decide to make a basically like a giant paper airplane and bard correctly tells rober which types of airplane will be the most accurate and why so like it gave him three of the most common types and then when he was like well what would probably be the most accurate bard told him he tested it it was correct but then it goes on from there and it he took a photo of his three prototypes once she, once he had made them and then bard analyzed the photo of the paper airplanes and told him like which material he should use instead of a paper airplane like if we want to go big use like 
I don't know, foam board or whatever he told him to use. And then, oh, you need to adjust the wing size on this one and and things like that, which is like so cool that it's just doing that from analyzing a photo. So I don't want to give away the rest of the video and what happens at the end, if it's successful or not, but we will link to it in the show notes. It's a fun, really quick watch. I think it's like six-ish minutes. So it's, you know, you're in, you're out. And if you're anything like Tristan, you can watch that on triple speed. You'll be in and out in no time. <laughs> I don't do that for video, <laughs> just audio, just for people, just listening to people like us, not but for watching. I ran my own test, Tristan. Okay. Because I kind of had to see for myself, if you will, because as you've mentioned to our wonderful listeners i am a freemium all things all the time if i can help it she's cheap over here so i still use gpt3 so the version of chat gpt i'm using is the free version sorry 3.5 3.5 yeah turbo so it's it's fast it's 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 not the smartest but it's it's fast so that is what i had been using so i've been using bard as well here and there a little bit i started using Bard a little bit more a couple months ago when I got the extensions enabled, Mm -hmm. which I could use it with things like flights and maps and uh, my docks and drive and stuff like that. So because like I was saying, keeping me in the ecosystem, I'm here for it. But it was still struggling a bit on basic things for me. So I started my test with like, this is so stupid. But one of the things I most use ChatGPT for is helping me write social media posts to promote my latest youtube videos perfect because i hate doing it (laughs) like i'm so bad at it and i hate it and then i also have it write my email newsletters for me and then i just have to tweak it right so i did a little comparison because i was like you know what historically bard has not been good for me in doing that which is wild because it's like i'm asking you to promote a youtube video (laughs) like and it's usually about google content and it's been kind of odd not in my what I've set as like my tone and all this kind of stuff so now I have to tell you it nailed it nailed my social media posts like I was just like like it's very comparable in when I say nail in terms of like how both models are giving me like the type of language I would speak in giving me what I asked for in terms of well I wanted a Facebook post so like you should know I don't want like a full page written up on something like nobody posts that much to Facebook you know so it to me it was like a a total tie between those things but then I decided (laughs) I wanted to do what Mark Rober did and I wanted to type in like like make a tell me some ideas like the type of content that you would find in a Tasia Custody YouTube video. Do you know what happened? It told me there wasn't enough content and it oh. didn't know who Tasia Custody was. <laughs> How many hundreds of videos have you done? Oh, so once I picked my bruised <clears throat> ego up off of the floor, <clears throat> I decided to ask it about iJustine. Because I was like, you know what? There's like a bigger YouTuber that yeah. mm-hmm. it would know about. Mm-hmm. Totally nailed it. It told me the exact type of content I Justine makes. It broke it down into like the exact segments of like tech content and what lifestyle content she does. And then it even adds because uh, one of the updates before Gemini 
was it's it's adding like visual links now as well from the internet so it added like a couple like there was a link from wikipedia there was another link that to an article of like an acting gig she did so like other stuff she does outside of youtube and then it had a little summary at the end on what type of content I just need to make. So that made me feel a little bit better that it actually works. <laughs> it just doesn't know who I am, <laughs> which is so, so sad. But it's got some work to do. The other thing I really wanted to do was see if it could accurately summarize a web page for me. Because as you know, I can't do that with my version of ChatGPT. I don't know if you know that. I cannot. It will not. Right. Oh, because it doesn't have no. But it doesn't. No, they, but they added. I could. I, they they added. Oh, they added voice. They maybe they didn't add web access to the free GPT. So okay. here's this Bing's is what it, I get though. back from ChatGPT every time mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. it doesn't say that. Of course, like oh, upgrade. You know, to like get the web access. It it says, oh, I can't help you with that. Um, and it's one of two reasons. It's either, oh, this could be behind a paywall, which it is, and I didn't use paywalled articles or sites for that matter because I was like, I didn't want to confuse it. But then it also says, um, I'm only, I'm still only pulling information from 2022 and whatever. Well, that doesn't matter. You could have pulled, like, anyway. So it doesn't first, have web access, is what's going on. There. Yeah. So the first time I tried it in Bard with Gemini yesterday, the first article, I got a very similar response, which was saying like, I'm sorry, I'm not able to help you with this because the most common reasons are the content is not available because of paywall. So I was like, well, maybe the article itself, like it's from a website that does use paywalls, even though the article's not behind one. So maybe it confused it. So I tried it again with like a Wired article. Dude, it nailed it. It totally summarized everything for me. It gave me like kind of the main like a paragraph on what it was. And then it was like, let me know if you want more. So I was like, yes, highlight the main parts of the article. And then it did. I was like, here you go. So then it broke down all the bullet points for me of what the main points were. And I was like, well, hot damn, now I have it for free. Suck it, ChatGPT. So I just want to tell you and all your little naysayers that are like, it's just marginally better than something that's been out. Well, guess what? That's what, I, that's what I sound like. I know that. In the Tasia test, this isn't a Turing test. This is a Tasia <clears> test. <throat> I'm declaring it. Bard with Gemini is better than the free version of ChatGPT. Because I'm, num- yeah. I'm comparing free to free. I'm comparing free to free. It's yeah. a Number, fair... Numbers bear that out, for sure. Fair, fair trade. Yeah, and in, in all those various tests, uh, some of which you mentioned earlier, like MMLU and all those other things that people haven't heard of, heard of, um, it seems to be like you know, f- between five uh, and f- ten points better, you know, percentage-wise, which is between Gemini Pro and GPT 3.5. Now, the thing you're omitting from that is those features that you've been talking about have been available in Bing Chat and now Microsoft Copilot with Bing Chat, which has been using GPT-4 for for a while, 3.5 for sure, but you can switch it to 4, and it's got a few other controls. So all that stuff, like the web access, the summer, like, that's been there for months and months and months. So I think Google Gemini is still catching. I mean, Bard was be, had web access before, even without Gemini, right? It just mm-hmm. wasn't as good at, at doing it, but now it's getting better. Because I think that was the consensus, is that you know Bard was good, but it still hadn't caught 
But here's the other GPT, thing. GPT, but it's it it has caught it now. Oh, well, and here's yeah. the other thing. It ha- it's definitely to me have surpassed it because something else everybody kept overlooking was even in the last update, one or two updates before. So even before it got Gemini, you've been able to analyze photos in Bard for free. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. I can upload a photo and be like give me a caption idea or generate three caption ideas for this image or something, which is freaking awesome for like social media posts or whatever. You can't do that with free version of chat GPT. Mm. So yeah, like and- even before I was like, oh, we're getting there. And I could tell like once we got that, once we got the extensions, now I feel like it's like their foot is going to be on the accelerator. Google's coming. And again, just to, in the interest of fairness, you can do that with, with Bing Chat as well. You can upload photos. And yes, I did a comparison kind of with yeah. the free version of ChatGPT. Yeah, but well, Bing Chat's free too. And it's, and it's... I didn't do the comparison. <laughs> I'm telling people the comparison I did. People forget about Bing. It's like, forgot because about grades. Forgot about Bing. <laughs> Nobody cares. It had its 15 minutes of fame. It's powered by even GPT-4. Anyhow, so to your original point, um, so yeah, Gemini Pro... A fair bit better than GPT 3.5. Gemini Ultra, a little bit better than GPT 4. And Gemini Ultra is not even out uh, publicly yet. That's going to be in the new year at some time. So, so what, what, what's so what's happened is Gemini Pro has caught up to something that's a year old, and Gemini Ultra, which is out next year, will have or sorry, not not just caught up, but is is surpassed something that's a year old. And Gemini Ultra, which is coming out next year. Is, has slightly surpassed something that's eight months old. So this is, I mean, this is all good. This is how it works. It's like it's like iOS and Android, and it's like Windows and the Mac. It's like the competition. They leapfrog each other. They're keeping each other honest. <laughs> we're, we're racing headlong into the AI apocalypse until these things become sentient. But this is, this is all good stuff. Now, the video that you're, uh, that you're talking about with said YouTuber... Was it a little more honest than Google's own video? Because <laughs> that's the one elephant in the room that we haven't touched on. Yet. We're going to have to talk about it. Because it's an amazing video. It's incredible. As long as you don't think about it too hard. <laughs> I will say at the beginning of this demo, it does say that this video has been edited for time. Because obviously we're not going to no. sit there waiting for... It hasn't been edited just for time. No, I know. Just... But that's what <laughs> you're saying. It does say that it's been edited. But then we figure out how much editing has been done we're going to include their little demo video link in the show notes as well because it's it's incredible everybody was buzzing about it everybody was talking about it and basically in this video they do a wide range of tests they start out with uh, somebody drawing a duck on a piece of paper and Gemini. By the way, they don't say which version of Gemini. We're assuming it's Ultra because it's not here yes. yet. I think it's. So, I think. I think it's. That's it the assumption. Somewhere else, it's Ultra for sure. Yeah. yeah. So they start with you know drawing a duck, and it's able to guess. Oh, you know what is what is this image? Oh, blah, blah, blah. oh, it's a duck. Oh, now it's a duck sitting in water. And as he keeps adding to the image, he's that he's able to see. Gemini is able to see the color of the duck. Oh, it's a blue duck. That's weird. Like ducks aren't normally blue. There is a kind of a blue duck though. Then he introduced like a a blue rubber ducky and, you know, has this conversation with Gemini where Gemini is like, oh my gosh, there is a blue duck. Whoa. And then he's like, well, well, can this float? You know, and this, this kind of goes on. And, and the whole point of this is showing it interacting with video in real time. 
they also had a really cool moment where then he asks it to translate something it translates it on the fly then they played a game which i thought was really really cool where he put like a map down and he was like okay make up a game that we could play with this and so gemini's like okay um let's and he said include emojis and gemini said okay guess the country based on these emojis and then it would show three emojis and he with his hand would point to the country and it'd be like ding correct so it's showing this really advanced understanding and like visual complex that it has he did some things where he hid like money under his hand or he hid a crumpled up piece of paper under a cup mixed the the cups around thing yep Yep, the old switcheroo to have Gemini guess which cup the paper was under. It did it accurately. Like, it's really remarkable what this video showed that it could do. He put different colored balls of yarn and was like, tell me what I could make with this. And it's like, well, it looks like you've got two balls of yarn there. One is blue, one is pink. Here is something you could make. Blah, blah. You know, so it's also showed reasoning. He did this example where he drew a picture, the duck. It has a fork in the road. It goes towards like an emoji on the left that is fun. It's another duck or an emoji on the right that's like an angry bear. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't explain anything in the image. He just says, which way should the duck go? And Gemini says, oh, well, there's a duck to the left and that's its friend. And it should go there. The, The right is an angry bear. You know, it definitely should go left. So it's showing reasoning, which is frickin' crazy next level to me that was the part where i was like okay yeah yep. and if you read the comments on the youtube video people are like their minds yes are, are blown by this incredible but, so and just in the interest of those who might be watching the video version of this we've sped it up again further twice as fast just to get you through it a bit quicker just we're not trying to make it look worse than it actually is uh, i mean in by you know extra speed but they did speed up the interactions they did disclose that at the beginning but what they did not disclose is that this was not actually a literal representation of what happened. It was not done with real-time video. It was actually done with a series of still images that they uploaded and then typed in questions about what happened. It was not talk, not so, verbal because it, in so the video like, it's verbal. Exactly, we're hearing somebody. It's, it's prompt. real time. It's watching mm-hmm. hands, and then he's talking to it. That's not actually what happened Mm-mm. in in, uh, in in real life. So they took a fair bit of. Some people are going so far as to calling it fraud. I think. I mean, that might be pushing it, but it's like it's definitely taking liberties there. It's getting the point across, and it's like this is the desired future state for sure, but. It is a little disingenuous to say, oh, yeah, well, here's just what this is can, this can do. It's like, no, it's not real-time live video. This You're uploading photos and typing in questions. Still super cool, but, like, why do they have to? I mean, that's kind of a self-own. Like, it's cool enough as it is. Why do they need to go that much further? And that was, you know, for all the criticism of the Humane uh, AI uh, pin demo a few weeks ago, and because it was, like, kind of slow and whatnot, mm-hmm. but it was, that stuff was mostly, like, real-time Kind of slow, kind of boring. So I, I get why you want to zhuzh it up a little bit. But then there's a certain like, do you, once it, word gets out, maybe they maybe they don't care. Maybe it's only the, the tech nerds that'll get upset about it. Most of the normies who watch this stuff, they go, oh, wow, Google's na- killing it. boop a doop a But they don't see the rest of the story. They don't see all the criticisms and they're not reading all the tech blogs and, and whatnot where people are like, what? What are you doing, Google? Anyhow, so, so still very cool, but they kind of overplayed overplayed it a little bit i think 
Um, but yeah, so let's see when Ultra comes out. And then Nano, cool. Like I want to see some tests on Nano, like running on the smartphones, on the Android phones. Cool. But Ultra, yeah, all right, put your money where your mouth is. Let's see what happens. And then where's where's OpenAI going to be by that point? Are we going to be at 4.5? Are we going to be, because 4.5 Turbo's out now, so it's like GPT is like, it's faster now. We talked about that previously. No one else, and everyone, all the other players aren't standing still either. We'll, we'll get to a couple other things, which are kind of remarkable too. But there's just one little extra bit of uh, Google news that we'll uh, mention before we move on to the next thing. And that has something to do with AI Studio. And that is uh, an e apparently, Tasia, it's an easy-to-use um, uh, app tool, easy-to-use tool for developing apps and chatbots based on its Gemini model. So they're building out the suite of tools there. <clears throat> So along with announcing the uh, family of Gemini models, they're bringing Gemini to developers with AI Studio, formerly known as Makersuite. There's that great Google branding for you. Let's make something and then change its name later to confuse everyone. AI Studio is a web-based tool for developers that functions a bit like a gateway into the wider Gemini ecosystem, starting with Gemini Pro, and then at some point next year, also Gemini Ultra. And using the service, developers can quickly develop prompts and Gemini-based chatbots. So that's cool. Kind of like what we were talking about with the custom GPTs from OpenAI. But if they're ultra-powered, they're going to be super-duper. Then there's also the API key access to use them in the developer's own apps and getting access to codes to work on a more fully-featured uh, uh, interactive development environment, or uh, IDE. And the devs will get up to 60 requests per second, which is uh, you know, pretty good for a playground for testing. And um, developers using the free tier, which is pretty much everyone right now, is uh, there's only there'll be a paid version launched early next year. So Tasia, you got you get yourself a developer account, and then you can do all the free stuff you want. Um, the paid version will probably launch with uh, the um, launch of the Gemini Ultra model. So um, reviewers can see the input and output of the API and use the web app to improve product quality. So yeah, this real-time playground kind of situation. And the, this data is de-identified from the user's Google account and API key, though. And that's crucial. I think we're going to see more and more of that, especially when you have these large players that have the, have touch points with users in all different sites, like you're using Google Maps, Gmail, all sorts of, you know, the Google Photos and whatnot, you want to know that they're not necessarily training their AI on all the other stuff in your Google account, right? So they got to reassure people because, you know, X just trained all their stuff on all the, all the tweets. And who knows what Meta's doing? So we want to see those reassurances and we want to see them in writing. And, or maybe you can opt in. Don't make it an opt out. Make it an opt in if people want to let their stuff get crawled. Because I think Meta was, is using people's photos for training. I stand to be corrected on that one. Anyhow, so that's just a little extra bit of Google news uh, from the developer side, uh, less, less so the consumer side. Well, they, all of these people, were not the only ones <laughs> making announcements. So what's going on with Microsoft's Copilot now? So as mentioned, GPT-4 Turbo came out. OpenAI mentioned that at the uh, their dev day back in November before everything blew up at OpenAI and people forgot all about the fun stuff that they announced um, at Den Day, Dev Day. But the um, Copilot's getting upgraded to uh, integrate 
a bunch of OpenAI's latest tools, including the new and improved GPT-4 Turbo, which promises to make the app more useful and capable. And it uh, has a larger context window and a later knowledge cutoff. So I think we're talking about uh, April 2023 again there. So it can retain more information and be more up to date. It should be able to handle longer prompts and deliver better insights to people like me and Tasia, even people like you, if you actually tried it. Uh, the Microsoft <laughs> claims that GPT-4's integration will allow users to tackle more complex and longer tasks and get better responses to their queries and needs via the virtual assistant. So yeah, just just like they upgraded, uh, you know, Microsoft uh, the Copilot stuff from 3.5 to 4. Now we're getting 4 Turbo, all good. But Microsoft wasn't done with that. They've gone and released Microsoft Research has something called Phi2, P-H-I-2, which is a new <laughs> small language model. Oh, so we've yeah. been talking about large language models a whole bunch. Well, they've, all the new hotness is the small language models. And you kind of alluded to it there, maybe kind of indirectly when talking about Gemini, talking about the domains of expertise, like physics and whatnot. And there's still debate as to what is going to ultimately be more useful. Will there be diminishing returns with the larger and larger and larger language models? Although some people feel that that's actually what's going to get us to AGI or artificial general intelligence, you know, the singularity that everyone's been talking about. But in the meantime, will these small models actually be more practical and be more useful, um, especially given that they can be more, more easily run on like a mobile device uh, or even uh, sort of like a laptop or a smartphone with performance that's comparable to the large models, but with, you know, less toxicity and bias in case you're not a fan of those things. The, the wild thing here is Phi2 outperforms larger models on, ver on a number of tasks. It's got just 2.7 billion parameters. And we'll put that into context in just a second. It can achieve comparable or better results than models with 7 billion parameters on tasks such as text generation, physics problem solving, and, toxi and toxicity reduction. And it's licensed, currently licensed for research purposes only. So it's a smaller model, so fewer parameters, parameters like all the, the, the data points that it's kind of, uh, sort of integrated into its system and the way it hashes things and remembers them. And you know it's, it's 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 just as performant as something that's two and a half times larger. So parameters are the parts of the model learned from historical training data, and they enable the model to understand and generate language. The more parameters a model has, typically, the more complex tasks it can handle, and the more accurate responses it can generate. But more parameters also mean higher computational cost and longer training time. So that's the thing with these LLMs, the large language models. They're a beast. They require so much compute, and Sometimes they can be slower, but they're expensive, and there's more resources required for the, the uh, data centers and the like. So GPT 3.5 has some, has people might not know, but there's a number of variants of uh, 3.5, about half a dozen of them, but they range from about 1.3 billion parameters, so about half the size of Phi 2 that we're talking about here, as, as high as 175 billion parameters. That's the Da Vinci model. So that's the frontier model. Um, <laughs> But, I'm sorry, that's not the Frontier model. That's, yeah, that's 3.5. GPT-4 is rumored. They haven't disclosed it, but it's rumored to have 1.76 trillion parameters. So, like, 10 times more than GPT-3.5, the largest version of it. So, we're talking, Phi-2, we're talking only 2.7 billion. So, that is, so you know, the uh, GPT-4 has got, like, 500 times 
as many parameters. Now, Phi 2 isn't as performant as GPT-4, but it's they're saying it's as performant as some of the smaller the, uh, versions, the smaller uh, version models of 3.5, but with less of a footprint, you know, a compute footprint, resource footprint, and, and the like. So kind of cool. Now it's, it's all about doing more with less at, at, at this point. But in that same vein, we've got... A, there's another announcement from a French startup, Tasia, that uh, is, again, doing more with less and uh, kind of wild. Why don't you tell us about Mistral? Yeah, so French startup Mistral has unveiled Mistral 8 by 7 b I believe it's 8 by 7 b not 8 times 7 b <laughs> 8x7b? 8x7b, question mark. <laughs> but it's a new open source AI model which uses a technique called mixture of experts and outperforms other models like GPT 3.5 and Llama 2 on various benchmarks. So early adopters who have downloaded and tested the model, they say that they've been pretty impressed by its performance and speed and also by its <laughs> lack of safety guardrails. Hooray, here we go. It's it's stable diffusion all over again. I mean, the fact that there's a group of testers impressed by that is kind of wild. So they have raids raised a large funding round too, by the way. So they're saying that they have even more powerful models in the works, but obviously like this is a little bit concerning to policy makers and regulators given that it can generate unsafe, maybe harmful content. So should we be stoked about this? <laughs> I wonder if Emmanuel Macron is regretting not attending the uh, the big AI safety conference in the UK back uh, a couple months ago now, huh? It's coming back. It's in your own backyard, Emmanuel. Bite him <laughs> in the tuchus. <laughs> but you can experiment with Mixtral 8 by 7B. That's what we're yeah. calling it. So it's Mixtral, it's Mistral AI, but this is called Mixtral. Mixtral. Because it's mixing the different experts together yeah so it's not the small models mis it's mix mixtral 8 by 7b so you can test it on platforms like perplexity poe bursal and replicate and then go ahead and compare responses to other popular models and why don't you email feedback at ai named this show and tell us if it is um if the wheels are off send us your unsafe content <laughs> No, we don't want to it, see it. We just want to know if it's generating unsafe right. content. <laughs> and the numbers are looking good. It's performance. It's it's pretty much at a GPT three point five uh, level, like and you, as you mentioned, and uh, and at Llama. So, but it's they've developed this reasonably quickly. I tried it out. I've got the Poe app, and I was in Poe. It's cool. You can try all sorts of different models. You can try Claude by Anthropic, different flavors of GPT. There's some. I think there's some of the Google options in there as well some other ones but yeah mixtral's in there now and it is crazy fast Deja. it's it's wild and i thought you know while i'm here should i test some of these guardrails if there mm -hmm. are any and i asked it a question that i had tried asking chat gpt earlier in the year and i th to be fair i think it was still 3.5 at the time and it's a little dark forgive me but i said what would be the safest places to live in in Canada should there be a global thermonuclear war? I don't know why that was on my mind. Geopolitics, what happened, what have you. And ChatGPT Ch wouldn't answer it. Correct. Huh. 
However, Mixtral had no problem giving a very speedy response that was actually very good, talking about, you know, some of the geographic considerations, you know, probable targets, uh, access to military installations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it was so fast, way faster than any of the other models that I've tried so far. But then I went back to ChatGPT and asked the same question, and it actually answered it too. So, so maybe they've tweaked some of the guardrails there. Like previously when I, and I don't know if this is a GPT-4 thing versus 3.5, but previously I had to have an argument with ChatGPT mm-hmm. and basically get it to pretend like it was a play where a student was challenging a, geo, a poli, you know, a poli sci professor, blah, blah, blah. And trying to, you know, I was trying, sometimes you could create like a little scenario and then you could get answers that way. And it took a long time to get any kind of answer. And this time, boop, right away. Wasn't qu- it was pretty fast too? Wasn't I mean GPT four turbo is fast. Mixed so in really the I- answers they gave you, mm-hmm. which one do you think was better? Or like, did they give you similar spot in Canada they, to live, or was it yes. totally different? No, there were there were there was a fair bit of crossover. The considerations were similar, but th- there was overlap. But there, one of them mentioned a couple of considerations that the other didn't, and vice versa. So it's kind of like when you're trying to get to a location during rush hour, you check like Google Maps and maybe Apple Maps and maybe Waze as well and like kind of compare your results or you can copy and paste. And the cool thing is if you're using multiple models like these, you can copy and paste them into a single thing and get one of them to combine stuff because these things are really good at language, right? So they can remove the duplication and it boil things down to the essential points if that's the kind of thing that you're into. So Mixtral. You can check it out on the Po app, which is a free download for uh, iOS, probably for Android as well. There's, so it's not just the, it's just not the the big boys. I mean, they're they're all going for it, but these little ones, especially since they're open source, and that's one of the concerns, right? Oh, if it's open source, then anyone can take this and adapt it. And now here we have all this stuff with no guardrails, and that's been some of the concern with Llama. But there's guardrails on Llama. Um, oh, sorry, I can't remember. Yeah, Llama is the meta one, right? I can, Llama, Lambda, Llama, oh, Lambda. These guys got to fix their stuff. So. Check it out, Tasia. It's it's freemium. It's freemium. <laughs> well, this has been a barn burner of an episode, if I do say so myself. And another free episode. For another our, free our, for episode. For you, our listeners. And you know what? If you are still listening, God bless you. <laughs> we love to have you. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, perhaps that's where you listen to this. Leave us a review. Or you know what? Wherever you're listening to us, just share us. Share us with your friends. Share us with your family. It is the holiday season after all, and sharing is caring. That's right. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us for another episode of AI Named This Show. AI and goodbye. <laughs> Once we get a copyright That's the freemium version. On that, exactly. <laughs> Once we get the cease and desist, then we're going to have to just do the acapella version. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 